Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we've got bad news for Oculus users and good news for Dreamcast fans. Did Facebook just out of the blue kill Oculus? Two days ago, Facebook released a blog post that said a single way to log into Oculus and unlock social features. The heading sounds exciting, but the news that followed has angered a lot of people and made people feel very uneasy. Facebook, which bought Oculus in 2014, has announced that users will require a Facebook account to use an Oculus VR device. It's a move that has understandably pissed off Oculus's consumer base. Here are InputMag.com editors Ryan Houlihan and Evan Rogers discussing Facebook's controversial announcement. So uh, in the news this week, it was announced that Oculus, uh, which is a subsidiary of Facebook that creates VR headsets, was going to require every user of their product to log in with a Facebook account, which had previously not been the case, but similar to Instagram and WhatsApp, Facebook is trying to fold in all their various different services so that you need to have a centralized account that they can have all your data linked to, and they can also authenticate your identity. And people in the gaming community are furious about this. Mm -hmm. Well, there's not that many VR headsets that are really on the market, right? There's the Vive, there's the Oculus, and there's the, the Sony one. So like having one in this sort of locked down Facebook infrastructure. I imagine there's a lot of Oculus customers who want to use the Oculus because they are nice, but don't really have an interest in being on Facebook proper. Yeah, I think it's similar to when people say they want to delete their Facebook, but they never say they want to delete their Instagram. It's that it was being run as a separate business and a separate entity for so long that people got this brand affinity or a product affinity and they didn't really sign up to have a Facebook account where their high school friends could DM them. And they didn't really sign up to be like in this giant world phone book. And also they didn't sign up to be part of a service that is undermining democracy and is taking strong political stances or non-stances, which are also political. And when you bought this product two years ago, nobody told you you were going to have to do this, right? It's kind of a bait and switch. And I think you buy into something like this, be it a game console, a VR headset, a phone, and you're thinking to yourself, in some sense, this is an appliance. And now Facebook yeah. is saying, no, no it doubt. isn't. In fact, it is a, it's a global identification system and a, tra- and a global data tracking system. And we're going to use it to spy on you, essentially, with your permission. But you don't really get the option of saying no. So how much is that really permission? And in the context of just a couple of weeks ago, we had the antitrust hearings, which uh, Mark Zuckerberg was a part of. And it's wild to see Facebook running as fast as it can to integrate all of its products because, you know, the closer everything is integrated, the more difficult it becomes to simply break it apart. Like the crisis scenario for Facebook is like some pieces of it start to get chopped off, pieces that it spent a lot of money to acquire, right? It would be very easy to be like, Oculus, you're your own thing now. Bye. This is the strategy that Microsoft tried to use in the 90s when regulators stepped in. They said, we can't take Internet Explorer away as the default browser because we tied it into the OS in all these ways. And it ends (laughs) up the legislators broke them up anyway. And it was great for technology. Yes, that was and it was a wonderful it was a wonderful thing that it happened because there was an explosion of innovation in the space. And is that a foreshadowing of things to come for Facebook? Who can say? But uh, certainly I'd keep my eye on what's happening over 
in uh, Zuckerberg's kingdom. Want to hear more from Ryan and Evan? Then stay tuned for today's second story. Should you buy a Sega Dreamcast in 2020? The Sega Dreamcast is now over 20 years old, and the Dreamcast is still awesome. It's been over two decades since Sega released its last and arguably most beloved console, the Dreamcast. Independent developers have never really let go of the Dreamcast, and 2020 looks to be a great year for the console, with five notable games seeing release. Here are InputMag.com editors Ryan Houlihan and Evan Rogers discussing these new titles. So it's been over 20 years since Sega launched the Dreamcast, which was its last console in the video game marketplace. And it ends up the Dreamcast is having a long, long, long life afterward uh, because fans who have never really let the console die continue to develop new games for the platform and distribute them online. And because the system was so easy to crack and so easy to work around its DRM, you can basically burn onto a CD all of these quote-unquote new high-quality games, and there's five of them coming out for 2020. It's nuts. And that's, you know, I had a Dreamcast, and I bought it way after its lifespan, specifically because, you know, you can just run unsigned code on a Dreamcast, and just the nerd cred is so good. So to see five, like, real, actual games, it's like a really cool vindication of people like me who have very anti-DRM stances because, like, these games are cool, and, like, they're real. Yeah, and the thing that's so interesting is that Sega, for all of their missteps as a video game company, and if you're unfamiliar, Sega took a lot of chances in the 90s with a lot of different products, and a lot of them didn't work out, and a lot of them competed against each other, and it ends up that wasn't a very good business strategy. But by the end, they had created the Dreamcast, and this console was extremely experimental and it was extremely forward thinking like it, it was it was launched in 1999 and it had online gaming it had multimedia playback it had a switch like accessory where there was a screen in your controller that you could take portably with you similar to a game boy whenever you left your console it had tons of features that you don't see even today properly integrated halo wasn't even like a glimmer in anyone's eye when dreamcast was thinking about online gaming yeah, I mean, it had a, a game where it had a microphone you attached to your controller and you could talk to the character and it was basically like a pet simulator. And those kind of forward-thinking ideas created a community that is now launching games like uh, Slave, Xenocider, Intrepid Izzy, Arcade Racing Legends, and Xenocrisis, which will be launching in 2020. And these are all really high-quality games. Like, Intrepid Izzy looks to be an amazing platformer in the style of, like, Mario or... Wonder Boy and Monster World, and you've got like Arcade Racing Legends, which looks like an incredible racing game in Wild. 3D. Blows me away. Like, how did they make that? You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no like um, engine just out there that you, that, you know, that you could just pick up and be like, I, I think I'll make a 3D game today. Yeah, they, this is fans' commitment to actually seeing this happen. I mean, these were projects that took entire companies to do in the 90s, and people are doing them themselves, and not for really any profit. And it's that kind of, like, passion that you love to see because you know that a game isn't being, like, created in a boardroom to be the most marketable or the most monetizable thing. It's being it's, created yeah. because it's someone's pure artistic vision. So if you have a Dreamcast or if you've got a local 
used video game store in your area, I would recommend picking one up because all of these games are free and you might be able to transport yourself back to a more simple, pure time when technology only made us good promises. I want to go back. Take us back. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Houlihan and Evan at Evan Rogers. I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.